Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we've, we've already oh, just come into your presence to give praise and honor to you with our lives. And in this moment, Lord, we ask that you will be the speaker. That you will speak your word into our hearts. We honor and acknowledge your word above our experience and above our agendas, our plans. We yield everything into your hands, Father. Knowing that you're good and that you care about us. And you want to make a difference not only in our lives but in this generation. I just want to thank you, Lord. We're living in this day for a move of God. To see you do something that is so amazing that it will make people stop in the streets, stop in their business lives and their busy lives and say, there is a God and he is real and his name is Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you for calling us to yourself to be a part of this and partnering with you. But, Lord, equip us this morning to serve you more effectively. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. In Mark chapter 9, if you uh, want to look there in your, your Bible, if you want to wait for a few verses to come up on the screen. Jesus um, comes into the midst of a crowd with his disciples there and uh, there'd been this dad who'd come to the disciples. He was a really good father. He was a good dad. He wasn't absent. He wasn't an absent father, not involved with his kids. And he had a, a boy, a son, who from childhood um, had had what seemed to be like our, our interpretation is epilepsy, fits. And these fits often would throw the child into a danger, dangerous situation and risk his life. And this dad had heard that Jesus and his disciples, his followers, were working miracles because Jesus didn't say he was the only one. He was going to release followers and train and equip them to be miracle workers. And he does the same thing today. And so there were only nine disciples in this uh, situation where the father brought this child, this desperate dad, and said, I need you to help. And in verse 17, we read that... The man answered Jesus, because when Jesus came on the scene, he said, what on earth are you talking about? And, and the man, the father said, teacher, I brought to you my son who's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, recognizing that there was something behind the physical condition that was demonic and Jesus actually doesn't say no it wasn't it wasn't a spirit interestingly he didn't correct that but these words they could not really resounded in my heart this morning and I want to speak to you about the things that you've tried 
to see happen through your life and prayer and faith. And maybe even other people who came to you to ask for help and you couldn't. And that would include me because I've experienced situations where people would come to me desperate for help and the situation didn't change. There's everybody on board this morning. We're finding out actually why didn't what I do work. Now, if I could backtrack a little bit in Mark 6, Jesus had sent out these same disciples and he'd given them authority or power to heal all sicknesses and diseases and cast out demons. So from Mark 6 to Mark 9, these nine disciples were very happy bunnies because what they were doing was healing everybody. And doesn't that make you happy? Wouldn't that make you very happy if these desperate, sad, heart-rendering situations could actually be resolved through your life? I mean, that would make me extremely happy to see God use me and us as a people. And suddenly, the same people who used the same name... Jesus, the same prayer, the same authority, the very same people doing the same thing, no power. Nothing. Now, I once had a hedge trimmer, and this hedge trimmer was very effective at cutting my hedge. And I went out one day boldly because my hedge had grown about that much and I needed to cut it back. And off I went. And I love seeing a hedge trimmer work because I just stand there, push the buttons, and I go, and all I have to do is move it over and it gets cut. But after 20 minutes, it just jammed and stopped. And it must have felt a bit like the disciples felt. Everything had been working really well and seen lots happen, and then suddenly, zip, it stopped. Now, you would think, and I would think, that I'd be very silly if I took that hedge trimmer back to the shop and say, it's not working. Because the simplicity of the problem was, it needed to go on charge. That was the simple solution for that hedge trimmer, which meant I had to wait for this hedge trimmer to receive power. I could have stood there pushing the same buttons, doing the same movement, like the disciples were doing everything to try and make this boy healed, but no power. And I believe that Jesus doesn't want us to be in the dark this morning as to why we sometimes reach a situation where we can't move forward and we can't see the power of God accomplish what he wants to do. Jesus comes on the scene and he actually says in verse 19, Oh, faithless generation. So in other words, unbelieving, how long will I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? And actually, in those words, I think it's a bit of a rebuke to the disciples because he's expecting them to have faith in this situation. 
But whenever Jesus corrects, he doesn't condemn us. I believe it's a growth moment. Say a growth moment. That's completely different to just being corrected. You're wrong and that's it. It's so important we see that Jesus is wanting to grow these guys into successful miracles and power. So this is a growth moment. Even the correction is going to lead them to a place where they begin to see a miracle. The next thing is Jesus actually asked the man to bring the boy to him. And the, boy, the man says to Jesus, if you can, if you can uh, please help us. And Jesus said, if I can. Yeah, right. It's time we took the if out right. and put you can yes. in. Yes. 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 If is a possibility, you can is a certainty. That's a simple word right there, but it can change your whole future. Not if. Jesus said, everything is possible. Everything is possible for him who believes. So this proves, and he actually went on and delivered this boy and healed him. This proves that what the disciples couldn't do, Jesus was both willing to do, and was able to do. So don't start a theology on your failures. Don't build a doctrine around what you haven't seen happen. Build a doctrine, a truth, around what Jesus says is possible for everyone who believes, which is everything. Now, verse 29, and this is the the key. This is the key. The disciples have gone in to ask Jesus, why why couldn't we? And I'm so glad they asked him. Why couldn't we do it? How do you want to know why you can't see what you long to see, that you know is the will of God, happen? Why not, Lord? And he said, this kind comes out only By what? Prayer. Prayer. Jesus diagnosed it and gave the solution. When you go to a doctor, he doesn't just, I love it about Jesus, he doesn't just tell you what to do. He actually gives you the means to do it. Prayer. Prayer will change you so that the power you operate in will be different when you face the same problem next time. Like my hedge trimmer, I went to the source of power and received. I had to wait. It wasn't instant. And I don't think, do you, that Jesus meant my shopping list of prayer. You know what a shopping list is? This, one, two, three, four, five. Could you just do that, Lord? Thanks so much. Amen. I believe this is what Jesus calls seeking prayer. 
In Matthew 7, verse 7, Jesus says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. So I don't believe that he was saying, Just say, Lord, please help me heal this uh, person, this boy. I believe he was saying, You need to come to me. That's the secret. Prayer is coming to Jesus. Right? Not just a storehouse of lovely things. Jesus says, come to me. That's what prayer is, a relationship with God. Because, listen to this, your relationship will fuel and boost your faith. People who have a strong relationship with God in prayer, in prayer, will grow in their faith. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Because we can use the name and use the word and do the same things that we saw results before but not have the power. And Jesus said, the only thing that's going to change the situation is prayer. This kind can only come out through Prayer, faith grows and is fueled by a life of prayer. But the promise is, Jesus said, seek and you will find, not seek. If he just said seek, I think we'd spend our whole lives seeking without results. But Jesus said, seek in faith, expecting to find. When I was growing up, And it's typical of young people, children, is that if you lose your shoes or your trainers and your mum says, they're in your bedroom, go and have a look. Do you remember those days? Any of you? Or are you too old? You do remember. I used to remember saying, my my mum would say, go and have a look in your bedroom. I know they're there. And I'd go off and because I literally didn't have the patience to look, I'd go into my room, wander around, and because they weren't right in front of me, I'd go back and say, they're not there. Has anybody done that? I can't find them anywhere. And mum would say, go back and have another look. Whereas what I really wanted, and I'd stay stay there and go, please could you do it for me? And my mum was very wise. She said, no, you go, find And Jesus isn't saying, I'm just going to do everything for you. You go seek and you will find. Oh, come on, what a promise. Isn't this amazing? And so if I really looked long enough and hard enough, I'd find they were slightly under the bed. (laughs) And I go back victorious. I found them. And I want to tell you, there comes a moment in seeking God in prayer where you come out and go, I found it. I've got it. It took me a while to look and wait and give myself to the focus of this looking for. But Jesus says, no one seeks him in vain. It's not a waste of time. Because when you seek him, 
You change actually in the presence of God. And he gives you a breakthrough in your spirit that when you turn and look at a situation, you're carrying a breakthrough on the inside. So when you go back to that hedge, it's just a case of doing the same things but with power. How many want to do the same things you have always done but not seen it work before? But I want to see the power of God in every situation that is coming against me. Amen. This is the day of power. The Holy Spirit is upon us with power. Just as the Holy Spirit was upon the early church with power. But we are required to seek him. The condition hasn't changed. Seek God in prayer for the stubborn problems, the situations that have never budged before, either in your life, in a marriage, a situation, a relationship, or at work, or in your ministry. That you will have power to heal the sick. That there will be a change in your leadership, your working life. There'll be a change in your kids, your family. Because you're a man or woman who seeks God until you find what it is you need. And it takes time. If if I said to the hedge trimmer, right, I'm just going to plug you in and then I go straight back. And you've got to work this time. You'd say to me, that's not how the manufacturers designed this. It's a battery-operated one, by the way. And so I have to plug in, wait until that power comes. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will not grow weary he gives strength to the weak those who wait means look expectantly to as Hebrews 12 says looking unto Jesus the author and perfecter where does faith come from Jesus a person not just his word But of course, Jesus is the word and he speaks his living word. When I seek God, I always take the book. I always take the book with me. But I go to a person, not to a book. Seek him. Looking unto Jesus, the author. How many of you want new faith? Well, he's going to write it in your heart if you seek him. How many of you want your faith to be perfected, to grow? Then he will grow it. He will develop it to such a point where when you go into that same situation that wouldn't budge before, it's going to budge. It's going to change because you have received something from God. This is the diagnosis. Now, the enemy tries to tell you and me I'm not excluded from this that there are boundaries set and limits to your life and you can't go further 
Anybody heard that? You, you can go so far, but you can't go further. Or that the failures in prayer and, and your, your life with God define your boundaries. What you haven't seen happen yet. The very worst thing you can do is back off and do nothing and sit down and say, well, it's obviously not for me to see those miracles. God does not want a church that backs off but presses on to lay hold of everything that he called us for. And it's like your failure or the enemy can set up a wall that says this far, no further. You can't go beyond this. You can't see a victory in this situation. And Jesus says, don't ever let the enemy define your boundaries. Let me define what I'm going to do in your life and situations that you face. And in your ministry to the people that I've called you to serve. It's such an important lesson, isn't it? That seeking prayer really does get results. It really does. I was reading Matthew, uh, sorry, uh, Psalm 18. I think it's verse 37, 39. And it says here, you armed me with strength for battle. Now that speaks of God doing something to a warrior, someone who's in the fight, okay? And it's like the Lord just like kits you out. You armed me. And if any of you have ever seen a program called SWAT or some kind of elite team, they go into the armory and they're given weapons, they're given things that actually will mean they win in battle. So when you go into the presence of God to seek Jesus, to seek him in prayer diligently, God gives you new weapons. Before, if you'd gone out, you wouldn't have had the armory. But because you've been with God, he's given you something. And you go out and you blast in the victory of the kingdom of heaven and the enemy is driven out. You armed me with strength for battle. Isn't that a wonderful promise? And that is a goal to have in your mind if you think the enemy is winning in a situation in your life or in your family's life or in your ministry to the people around you. Lord, arm me with strength. Come to seek you. Give me what I need for this situation. Seeking God takes focus. It takes time. takes a devotion and I believe he's calling for a season of seeking him for a breakthrough of miracles I believe this is what the spirit is saying to us and to not allow the failures of what hasn't happened yet 
to dictate what we live in. This kind can only come out by prayer. And actually, other translations say with fasting. Because fasting adds a focus to your life. When you deny yourself food. Oh my goodness, imagine denying yourself media. Some people will get all the shakes, like withdrawal. What do I do now? My phone's off for a day. I mean, imagine that, seeking God for a day. Ooh. And they're so addicted to this information line that they can't get the information line that will give them the victory. And his name's Jesus. And he can give you the victory if you focus in and draw aside to meet with God in prayer. He said, you will find. Jesus says to you, seek and you will find. Some of you need to know you're not seeking in vain, that you're going to find a grace and help in this time of need. I don't know if you remember this story of Jacob. Jacob had some edges, like you and me. But God had a call on his life. And... uh, He was in a bit of a fix. If you read it in Genesis 32, he was in a heck of a fix. Because the brother he had cheated out of the blessing and the inheritance, Jacob deceived and received a blessing on his life from his father that should have been Esau's by rights. That's another story. But Jacob wanted the blessing because he knew when he had the blessing from God, everything would go well. Let's be a generation like that. And so um, he found out that Esau was coming with 400 men. So this, I don't know if you could imagine coming to you, somebody coming to your door like a, a family member who you've cheated and is actually mad with you with 400 people. I'd call that a big mob. <coughs> And they're out to kill you. And that was the intent of Esau. He was coming after Jacob. And Jacob drew aside and spent time alone with God. Because he knew he couldn't win this fight without God getting involved. Just like the disciples knew, they couldn't win unless they prayed and God got involved. So it says in the word that Jacob wrestled all night with God. That's a long time seeking God. He gave up sleep to seek God. I mean, some Christians won't even get out of bed early to pray. But Jacob, he says, don't worry, Lord, I'm going to be here until I get what I want. And he stayed up all night until God blessed him. And early in the morning, the Lord kind of, I think it was a bit of a test for Jacob. He said, let me go. I love it. I love it. I love relationship with God. It's so interesting when you look at the dynamic there. Let me go. 
And Jacob went, like, he locked on. And he said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. I'm not letting go of God unless you bless me. And it was for a particular situation. He was seeking God for a situation in the family that actually had created terrible trouble. So, Esau comes. Jacob had received from God in prayer. Esau, who had been like a lion ready to attack, was like a kitten purring round Jacob's neck. Oh, my brother. Oh, my brother. God changed Esau's heart. How many of you got family situations you need to see God change someone's heart? Seek God in prayer and you will find. That is the word on it. You will find. God will turn that person around. You may not have to walk out your life with them, but there'll be favor and there'll be blessing because you found a place in God where you received a breakthrough. In prayer. Amen. It always amazes me that our Lord Jesus was a man of prayer. It speaks of humility. You see, pride says, I can do this. But Jesus said, I can do nothing without him. And so, we love to hear about Lazarus, don't we? When Jesus stood at the tomb and he spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. We love that bit. But before that, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. In other words... I have prayed and received the resurrection in my spirit before I ever come to raise him from the dead. Because yes. Jesus said, didn't he? When you pray, believe you've received it. Yes. And then you'll have it. It's in prayer the breakthrough crumb comes. So that you go back like that hedge trimmer and go, no problem. It's a different order with power. Because you see, the church are not just a matter of talk. Because the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Power. That's why we have to learn to pray, seeking prayer. If we're going to receive the power to do the job. I'm going to finish with this, with Solomon. I hope this is whetting your appetite. And I hope you're hearing God. And are willing to put some effort in. And willing to give some time to. And willing to sacrifice other things. To seek God for prayer. I'm just going to tell you the story. You can look at it in 2 Chronicles with Solomon. Solomon was David, King David's son. 
David was the top leader of Israel. So I can imagine he was a hard act to follow. Everybody loved David. He was such a victorious man. His victory was connected always, his success with his relationship with God. And while Solomon must have been trained in many different things as he grew up, when he actually became king, I think he was like, I need God. I really need God. And two chronicles, he stood up and he said to all the people, the whole nation, it was like he was talking, you could say to a church, the people of God. And he said, "Uh, I know what to do. We, including me, are going to seek God. I might know a lot in my head. I might be well trained and know a lot of the things that my father David taught me. But knowledge alone without power isn't going to cut it. And it says in 2 Chronicles that Solomon led the people to seek God. And it says they sought the Lord together and Solomon it specifies, gave a thousand offerings. Now, all I can say is, wow. I mean, in that day, an offering was an animal, so it would have been a bloodbath. I'm sorry to be so, sorry, ladies. And gents, if you're a bit funny about that. But it would have been, it would have looked quite extraordinary. And a, a thousand is a lot. A hundred would be a lot. Ten cows would be amazing. Oh, actually one. But a thousand. And basically, Solomon, listen to this, sought the Lord with sacrifice. It cost him something. Now we can preach a false Christianity where your faith won't cost you anything, but it will. It's not the truth. Seeking God in prayer costs you. It costs you to give to the Lord time, worship, praise, devotion, and saying to him, Father, I don't know what I need, but you know what I need. And I I believe that's what Solomon was doing. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But you're God and you can help. I need your help in this moment. I might be well trained in this job, but Lord, I need you. I need God. Otherwise, it would have been an ordinary role he had. But God spoke to him after that sacrifice, that seeking. And the Lord said, ask whatever you want. It it touched God's heart that this leader was prepared to lay everything aside and seek him. And he says, basically, what is it you want? And Solomon I believe was so in tune with God. He said, I need wisdom. I, I, I honestly don't know how to do this. I'm like a child. 
Oh, isn't the kingdom of heaven like children? Their faith just simply says, I can't, but you can. And God gave him wisdom. Solomon was famous for wisdom. But God also said, because you've asked for this, I'm going to give you wealth, riches, honor. Nations came to Solomon for wisdom. He is so renowned for wisdom. Now, I'd like us to just backtrack to the point where, come back with me now, to the point where he'd just been made king. What if he hadn't sought God? He wouldn't have received wisdom. If he hadn't received wisdom, we wouldn't remember him today. He'd have been an ordinary person. With his own gifts and talents in operation. But as it was, because he sought God, gave up everything to get something from God, he received something that made him extraordinary. God wants you to be extraordinary in him. Because you receive something from him. I just think, what is the world missing if we don't seek God? What gifts could we have in operation, but we're not seeking God? What blessing could be released in our family, but we're not seeking God? But Jesus says, don't let the boundary of your life fall naturally and make excuses for what you haven't seen happen before. Don't live within those limitations. God is able to do far more than you could ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in you. Hebrews 11.6, we began with it. And I love this because it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We please him when we come to him expectant. Jesus said, you're fine. So how about that? We come to him. Anyone who comes to him, interestingly, not come to a gift, come to a blessing, but we come to a person. Whoever comes to him must believe he exists. Okay, what does the next line say? He rewards those who earnestly seek him or diligently. Hmm. Not like the child that comes back and says, it wasn't there. I didn't get it. My shoes aren't there. But as someone who literally gives themselves to the Lord in prayer until they receive, till they receive the miracle Till they receive something for your family, for your life, and for your ministry to others. Rewards. There are rewards. 
there are rewards for those who diligently seek him. So, where are we at this morning? Well, church, the Lord has spoken into every prayer that hasn't worked yet. That we know to be his will as it is in heaven. That we know he wants to do on earth. And we're not changing the theology of Jesus because we haven't seen it happen yet. Amen. Amen. We're saying, with him there are no limits. Because all things are possible for those who believe. But if I'm going to fuel my faith, I need to give myself to prayer. Be like Solomon. Be like Jacob. Be like Jesus, who sought the Father for a person. And I fully believe that God wants you to have a breakthrough ministry to the people around you. He wants you to see different results. Not just words, power. And I believe that in this season there's going to be a release of power. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you this morning, Lord. We praise you that you're a God who makes promises and you don't lie to us. You tell us that when things haven't worked, that change can happen through prayer. That we can go back out there next time and get the job done. Come on, church, let's praise him. Praise him. That what hasn't worked before will work next time. (laughs) Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. You don't set a lid or a limit on us apart from your limits, which are limitless. And today, Father, we just want to praise you that you lift the lid on our failure, that you uh, give us vision that goes way beyond what we've seen happen yet. Thank you, Lord, that I hasn't seen nor ear heard or entered the heart of man the things you've prepared for those who love you. But you reveal them to us this morning through your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit and word has cultivated a fresh desire in all of us, I believe, to come to you and to seek you until we find uh, results, power, miracles, change in family situations. Lord, where there is a, a power that can't get a job done before, we receive it in prayer. I just want to thank you, Lord, that the answer is simple. And yet it takes all of us. It takes the devotion of our lives, our bodies, our focus. We have to give up other things so that we can give to you. Lord, we just declare TV isn't our God. Media isn't our God. We will devote ourselves to seeking you for every situation that you want to see a breakthrough in. 
Father, I want to thank you for mums, dads, grandparents in this room, for young people, servants here in the house, uh, for, for those who are on their own, those who are in families, Lord, all of us. We want to thank you that you call us to receive breakthroughs from you. You recall us to be like Solomon that gives everything up to come and seek your face. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we will find new breakthroughs and new power. That what has worked before will work again. And that the things that we've seen happen before, Lord, you're going to repeat. Because you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We just want to thank you. You're the God of today. And that you give us wisdom today. Praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Be glorified. Be glorified, Lord, as we respond to your word to us today. Jesus. Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need you in our roles in life. We don't want to be ordinary people who just talk about Christian faith. We want to be those who demonstrate the spirit and power. Thank you, Lord. You're raising up a generation of believers who seek you and find you and go into situations and bring breakthroughs for others. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord has asked me to lead you into something. And that is 10 days of seeking God for a breakthrough. For your life and family, For the church family, there are people in this room and part of the body that haven't yet seen a breakthrough in their health or in their finances. And the Lord wants us to give ourselves to breakthrough, which means giving ourselves to seek him in prayer. And 10 days will finish at the prayer meeting on the 31st of May. Anybody? Anybody with us? I'm calling you in the name of the Lord to seek God. And uh, we've, we've kind of put 30 minutes in there a day. Well, please, there's no limit to that time. But if you can lay aside 30 minutes to seek God for a restoration of power, of wisdom... And whatever the Lord gives you, you know, when you open yourself up to God like this, it's like he gives you something you didn't even know you were looking for, but you realize it was the solution for the issue. So don't seek him for what you think the answer is. (coughs) Seek him, and he will tell you what the answer is. Amen. Amen. Very important wisdom there. But seeking God, how about that, guys? Those who seek him diligently will be rewarded. So this has got rewards at the end. Sorry, I thought you'd be happier. I am. 
I'm happier for you and I'm happier for individuals in the church. There are people I could call out now, but there are many people in the body that we need to see a breakthrough in for. Marriages that aren't working as God intends. <coughs> Children that are away from the Lord and, or not even following Jesus at all. And, of course, a ministry to many. So, Father, how many of you are in? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. If you're in, I'd love you to lift your hand up and say, Father, I just want to commit myself at home as well and on the middle floor, if that's you. The Lord sees your heart and your hand. Heavenly Father, I lift my hand. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to give you an offering of praise and honor. Thank you, Lord. I can give you my life in sacrifice in such a way, Lord, that actually you're going to do something great. You're going to strengthen. You're going to arm us for battle. You're going to enable us to, to turn situations round like things that are attacking us. They'll become like kittens. Lord, I thank you for situations we've never seen victory in. We're going to see victory in. I just want to thank you boundaries that the enemy has set. They're going to move, Lord, and we're going to enter into our inheritance because our God is a faithful God and he keeps his promises. And thank you, Lord, that you take this time that we give you daily as we give ourselves to seek you in prayer. Thank you that we will find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Help parents find time. Uh, busy mums and uh, busy uh, leaders here, business leaders, Lord, I just want to pray that they can see a spot where they can sacrifice other things to be in that place. And I ask, Father, that our flesh won't win this. I pray your Holy Spirit will ignite us in this with a fresh desire and faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I believe that you'll reward us for miracles in the body. For those who've been struggling for so long, that their struggle will come to an end and there will be a breakthrough for them. Come on, church, let's thank the Lord for that. We unite as brothers and sisters around your throne. Just as the church prayed for Peter, constantly they got together. Lord, as we get together, this gathering on the 31st, I just want to thank you for an explosion of chains coming off, for an explosion of angelic forces being released, for an explosion of freedom and power that will completely transform lives and circumstances, Lord. Thank you that we call on your name, but it's not in vain that we will see the power of God in this generation. And we praise you for it, Father. Come on, let's clap the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you take your seats? Just, we're just going to, actually, I'm going to finish there this morning. Very short. I think it's short. I don't know. Is it short? Um, short is good sometimes when it's God. Yeah. You can go over, can't you? And then you've overdone. If you overdone it, do a steak. You can't eat it. 
So it's, it's what God communicates and what he, our response to that, that that's what he's looking for this morning. Amen. These 30 minutes, take your Bible, but don't just go and read. Of course, read your Bible, but pray and enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. You know, if, if there's anything that gives me a power surge of faith, it's exalting who Jesus is, lifting up his name, telling him how great he is, how glory. I, I, take the focus of yourself and worship him. If you need the prop of worship music, go ahead, but it's better for your spirit that you practice and get a new stamina without props. You sing on your own. You know what? I can, I, I can take a psalm. I'm not going to preach anymore, but I can just take a psalm and start to make a new song. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Praise his holy name. You forgive me all my sins. You heal me. That's it. I sing and I'm lifted. Yeah. I can, I'm right. singing the word. I'm singing praise yeah. of who he is and what he has done. And something happens in my spirit and there's a power release. The Holy Spirit begins to work. And then I begin to see more and more great things about God. And I get my mind off myself and off problems and off every situation. I'm not just crying about a problem. I'm exalting him over the problem. And as soon as I get there, I'm beginning to see and bring heaven down. It's such a, such a different thing. Seek God with all of your heart, not half-hearted. Close the door, shut the phone, and say, I am in a meeting with God. Do not disturb. And on your own. And then we'll pray together. Okay? Try 30 minutes. It might seem a long time for some of you because you maybe just do the shopping list prayer. But you'll develop your spirit and you'll learn how to pray for breakthrough. See this as a growth opportunity. And may the Lord bless you as you give yourself to him to seek him. You will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Praise God. And as we do this together, there's tremendous power There's going to be a supernatural grace on the 31st. That prayer meeting is set aside for you to be here. Get a babysitter, reorganize your diary. The 31st is the time we're coming together a breakthrough. The Lord bless you as you do. God bless. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.